Thank you for joining us today. You are listening to the anointed teaching of Prophet Grace Scales, where we experience the presence of the Lord as we explore His Word. Now let's dive in and enjoy today's teaching. Well, hello, I'm Grace Scales of Joliet, Illinois, and this week, let's immerse ourselves in the Word of God and see what the Holy Spirit reveals to us relating to the armor of God. Again, we will look into Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18, and continue our study on the armor and of the Apostle Paul's counsel to the believer concerning its daily necessity. As we determined in all preceding podcasts in relation to our God-given coat of armor, we are in an ongoing battle of the ages in which we are contending for our souls. Having been made aware by Apostle Paul that we are in a fight to the finish, we are commanded to stand firm and stay in a posture of readiness always suited up with our gear intact. We took a nosedive into the spiritual concept encompassing the helmet of salvation, which is the fifth piece of armor highlighted in this passage of scripture during Dressed for Success, Episode 7. We examine some fundamental scriptures linked to the free gift of salvation that clarifies why it is so important to tightly buckle our helmets on every day. Now, once again, let's begin with our passage of interest reading from the King James Version, Ephesians chapter 6, beginning with verse 10 and forward. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplications for all saints." This week, we're going to examine verse 17b and probe into the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, focus your attention on the first part of this statement, the sword of the Spirit. No doubt the Apostle Paul was still incorporating his use of spiritual concepts in this passage as he penned this phrase because of his awareness that the Roman soldiers always had a sword, which they kept strapped to their side as their primary weapon. Being familiar with the Roman culture, Paul understood the requirements they placed upon those recruited into their army. The legionnaires had to endure constant and rigorous training so that the soldiers 
were in peak condition and that they were always ready for action. Though the Roman soldier had various weapons available to him any time they entered into a battle, the sword was their primary weapon of choice, which included two types of swords, the gladius and the spatha. Now, the spatha was longer than the gladius. It was approximately 30 inches long and was used mostly toward the end of the 3rd century in place of the gladius in both the gladiator battles and when they went to war. It was easier to carry than a javelin and could reach further when it was thrust at the enemy. In the Roman Republic, the Hispaniensis that's spelled H-I-S-P-A-N-I-E-N-S-I-S, which is known as the Spanish sword. It refers to the term gladius, and it still refers specifically to the short two-sided sword, which measured approximately 24 inches long. It consisted of what we call the hilt or the handle, a riveted knob, a pommel known in today's terms as the shadow bow, a hand grip, and a hand guard. In order to craft a short sword with strength and flexibility, blacksmiths used harder steels on the outer layers of the sword, excuse me, while softer steels in the center of the blade. The Roman wore their gladii, which is a term for gladius, on their right hips because it was the primary weapon used by the soldiers in war and it was often used for close combat, especially for slicing and thrusting through an enemy. Ooh, how gruesome. As we mentioned in previous podcasts, the Apostle Paul more than likely wrote this passage of scripture while he was being guarded by a Roman soldier in full armor. And as mentioned earlier, he often spiritualized the concepts taken from the natural as he wrote. God's word is his bond. And the Apostle Paul had a deep revelation of the fact that God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. He also had knowledge and the understanding that God is faithful and true to his promises and his word will never return unto him void. Many of us just don't know that today. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is quick, powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now looking at this from a, from a purely spiritual concept, the short two-sided sword, the gladius, was crafted with strength and flexibility. But in addition to these qualities, the logos, the word of God, we know is quick, meaning it is consistent 
and constantly active and it is alive. It's powerful and it's energizing. It is sharper than any two-edged sword because it penetrates more than the physical body. It is comprehensive in its effects. It is discerning and discriminating and it reaches into all the various parts and the functions of the individual and it makes judgments. The emphasis is not upon the separation of one part from another, but upon the penetration of all the individual parts, even down to the innermost secrets and purposes which are hidden in the core of an individual's consciousness away from the eyes of others. The word of God does not change. Thank God for that. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. Hebrews 13, 8 says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We are told in Malachi 3 and 6, I am the Lord, I change not. This verse from God's word expresses God's immutability, meaning he does not change in his essential being, his promises, his principles of right and wrong, his love or his judgment. If there is any unbelief in our hearts, it will be detected by the living word of God. Nothing escapes his notice. He is absolutely omniscient. He is constantly aware of all that is going on in the universe. The important point here in this context is that he knows where there is real faith and where there is only an intellectual assent to facts. His word is sharper than any two-edged sword because it penetrates more than the physical body. To remain steadfast and confident in the promises of God. We must stay faithful in the study of the word of God so that when the trials come, we are able to wield our swords, the word of God properly and effectively and do it with pinpoint accuracy, enabling us to stand and firmly hold our ground in a war or a battle. When doubt is hurled at us, and it's hurled at our minds and the circumstances attempt to overwhelm us. Sin encroaches on our home front. Then the word of God that's stored in our hearts like a double-edged sword will cut them to shreds. Bring forth faith and confidence in the trustworthiness of God and silence the voice of the enemy. As Hebrews eleven six says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. No amount of good work can compensate for the lack of faith. When a man refuses to believe God, he is calling him a liar. 1 John 5 and 10 tells us that he who does not believe God has made him a liar. And how can God be pleased by people who call him a liar? Faith is the only thing that gives God his proper place and puts man in his place too. It glorifies God exceedingly because it proves that we have more confidence in his eyesight than in our own. 
training of the Roman gladiator and the Roman soldier alike was constant and it was rigorous and daily and it lasted for approximately four months. It helped to keep them in peak condition and ready for action at any time. They learned marching skills first, followed by learning how to use their weapons, which mainly consisted of practicing hand-to-hand combat with wooden swords, spheres, and shields, and repeating sword combinations against a vertical stake with wooden weapons. The weight of their practice weapons was deliberately increased to double the amount of the normal weapons that they would be using during the gladiator games or during combat. Afterward, they began to spar with other soldiers to build their skills in combat. So, looking at how they trained, our persistent reliance on the Word of God, which is our method of training, the sword of the Spirit as Christians and believers, is obtained like the Roman soldiers' constant and rigorous daily training through study prayer, and seeking God's face. It builds our spiritual faith muscles just like the soldiers built their physical skills and stamina naturally. It builds our faith not only to believe that God exists, but to also strengthen our trust in him to reward those as we diligently seek him because we can trust God's word to be true. The training also included an army march of approximately 20 miles that had to be completed within five hours and in which the soldiers were required to carry a full backpack of weapons, a shield, food rations, a cooking pot, and a spade in addition to their personal necessities. And looking at this, just thinking... If they trained, they had to go 20 miles within a five-hour span, and we can't spend an hour praying. How do we think that we're going to build up our spiritual muscles? No matter how intense the battle, the Christian is not overwhelmed since he knows that ultimate victory is guaranteed if he remains steadfast. He is preserved by the promise he finds in the Word of God, knowing that retreat or surrender is not an option. The Christian is aware that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. The weapons with which we fight are not human weapons, but are mighty for God in overwhelming strong fortresses. We see that in 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5. The sword of the Spirit is our weapon. It is the Word of God. We can use that weapon. We can wield our weapon. We need to train how to use our weapon. We stay in the Word. That's how we get the Word in our heart. What Jesus did for us on the cross and beyond, we can be assured we have the final victory if we stay the course. But the truth is, many still do not know what has been purchased for them. Many are still working for what has been paid for in full by the blood of Jesus. We bypass the word of God and reach for the phone to call a friend. Most of those who aren't calling a friend are personally venting 
their opinions on various social media platforms to exploit the shortcomings of others, thus exposing their own insecurities in doing so. We believers should strive to become servants fit for the kingdom of heaven who have been predestined and chosen to accurately wield the sword of the spirit, the word of God, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, Speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work, according to Ephesians 4, 12-16. We children of God should endeavor to become powerhouses for the kingdom of God by use of our sword so that we might walk in the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit. The word dunamis is the Greek word for power. It is the original of our English word dynamite, dynamo, and dynamic. Dynamite blows things up. A dynamo generates electricity. Something dynamic is not laid back. It's on the move. Speaking of this term, dunamis, power, Hebrews 1 and 3 says that God upholds the universe by the word of his power. This dunamis is available to his followers. According to Acts 1 and 8, it says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Paul says in Ephesians 3, 20 through 21, that this dunamis of God is at work within us. And we have this treasure in jars of clay, which is a fragile human beings to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us, according to 2 Corinthians 4 and 7. We only need to look into the word of God to see that he gives us all the protection that we need. We must see that there is a ring of truth about our walk with the Lord, that our lives are in right standing and righteous with God and with one another, that we seek to make peace wherever we go, that we lift up that shield of faith together to quench the flaming darts of the evil one, and that we protect our minds from fears and anxieties that easily assail, and that we can Use God's word to good effect in the power of the spirit. Remember, it was by the repeated sword thrust of God's word, not our own, that Jesus overcame his adversary in the wilderness. Again, we're going to echo Paul's battle cry for all Christians to stay in a state of readiness by putting on each piece of the God-given armor on a daily basis and to wield the sword of the spirit, which is God's word, in a way that it will pinpoint and be pinpoint accurate in cutting away all the hindrances to successfully establish the kingdom of God here in the earth. We're going to conclude here 
but we'll continue exploring God's word for deeper revelation and greater understanding and knowledge and uh, conclude with this. Our father, the Lord God of the universe has provided us with his garments of protection and instruction so that we can dress for success in our walk with him. And it'll be based on the facts, not on our opinions. Once again, I am Grace Scales, and I look forward to your joining us again soon. Until next time, many blessings. You have been listening to Prophet Grace Scales of Grace Scales Ministries, where you grow as you balance life by the sword of the Spirit. We are honored you chose to join us today and pray you have received a blessing from the Lord during this message. We look forward to your presence again next week for more teaching. Until then, please take an opportunity to share this message with others. You are welcome to share your comments or contact me at graceadls@outlook.com. at outlook.com. Remember to keep comments respectful.